0: Hey people, welcome to this week's episode of The Rambler. I am your host Mike McDonald and this week we will be talking with Ben Hauser. Ben Hauser living it up there in Seoul, got a lot of projects going on, all right? So you're going to have to listen to the uh, the episode to check that out. What have you been up to this week? Had a had a pretty busy week, I guess. Went to Philadelphia, good old Philly, met up with uh, some adoptees out there, had a good time. Had a lot of didn't eat a cheesesteak. I didn't eat one cheesesteak. Uh, I heard, and this is the rumor, I'm not sure uh, what the validity of this is, but I heard that the new thing is uh, roast pork. Or maybe it's not a new thing, maybe it's just a Philly thing. It's a Philly insider thing. So I uh, went around scouring for uh, roast pork sandwiches around town. A lot of them were good. Some of them were good. I had uh, two, maybe three. I can't remember. There was a lot of pork involved with my trip to Philly. There was one on a uh, high street on market which is actually, uh, there is no High Street. It, I forget what, exactly where it is, but it's called High Street Market. That roast pork sandwich was okay, but uh, the highlight there was the uh, the side of Brussels sprouts that I had. The best roast pork that I had was a place called John's Roast Pork, and it's kinda like 15 minutes, 20 minutes outside of Center City, and that place is awesome. It's just awesome. I mean, I ordered a large, you could tell it's like an, a real Philly insider place because it was just like a shack. It was just a little shack, hole in the wall, sandwich place, and it was just great. Uh, Allegedly, they have uh, great cheesesteaks, too. Again, didn't eat any cheesesteak, but the roast pork there is amazing. If you ever get a chance to go there, uh, you can take an Uber. Anyways, the other thing that I had there was uh, I ate at the Dandelion. Uh, That one's on, what, 18th and Sansom, or maybe, yeah, 18th and Sansom. I think that's where it is. And uh, that place is awesome for food. Went there on Sunday. Uh, They serve a Sunday roast there and that is amazing if you get a chance. Huge meal, huge meal. I think you could share it with two people, but get it. It was delicious. Also went to a place called Whiskey Tavern. Whiskey Tavern was good, they have over 200 whiskies for for imbibing, for enjoying through your mouth. And that was amazing. I uh, tried to get up and run and go to the Rocky statue and do the Rocky music thing, but you know, it was just, it was too cold this week. And the irony is this week, it's gonna be like 70 degrees. Which is ridiculous. Last week it's snowing, this week it's 70 degrees. I don't understand this weather. Just don't understand it. Another thing I don't understand is I uh, went to Carnegie Hall last week to go see uh, the Vienna Symphony Orchestra. Right? Amazing. But then the the whole show we're sitting there behind the this young Korean woman and she's taking selfies the entire time and she's posting them on Instagram and she's Snapchatting and doing whatever on our phone for the entire the entire show, two hours of of taking selfies at the Carnegie Hall. This is the Vienna Symphony Orchestra. I don't understand it. Where where are the manners anymore? All right, it's you're not in your living room. You're not watching House of Cards in your living room. All right, you're not at the club. You're not doing whatever it is that you're doing. You're you're in Carnegie Hall watching the Vienna Symphony Orchestra. Why what would possess you to to do that? I don't. Oh, it's infuriating. In any case, in any case, uh, calm it down. Just bring it down. Think of the roast pork. Think of the roast pork. In any case, I hope you had a great week. Uh, I hope that uh, you will be having a good week. You're going to be busy. You're going to be busy this week. Well, get all your projects done on time. Get them done early. You know that way. You you, you, when it comes to Friday and Saturday, you don't got to worry about it. You can go to Carnegie Hall and enjoy a show where hopefully nobody's texting or using their cell phones for the entire performance because that's just terrible. That person is a terrible person. Almost, uh, almost forgot to mention. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Choo- cruz choose, Ch- turz, Polish Kielbasi. kielbasa, yeah, kielbasa, kielbasa. We'll go with kielbasa, kielbasa, Polish kielbasa, and we'll call it a uh, choose. It's C Z E R W apostrophe S, Polish kielbasa. If there's any Polish listeners out there, I'm sorry I'm butchering the name. Ha, get it butcher, but you know, get back to me with the proper pronunciation because I have no idea. Anyways, this place is amazing. It has a uh, great Kobasa, obviously, and uh, pierogies. And I was an idiot because I thought that you can get lunch or dinner there, and you cannot. You cannot do that there. They will sell you uh, pre-made pierogies and kielbasa and stuff like that for you to make yourself. Anyways, the guy hooked me up, even though I didn't have a kitchen, and I brought it home and made it, and it was, it was amazing. Highly rated. Uh, definitely go check that out. And uh, let's just get down to our interview with Ben Hauser. Let's check it out. Enjoy. Enjoy. So, what are, you, what are you doing out there in Korea, anyways?
1: How long have you been out there? Uh, so, I've been here for 10 years. I thought it would be for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. but uh, I've been here since 2004.
0: That's a good amount of time. Have we met? I don't know if we've ever met.
1: Yeah, we met at Dolce. Other than Dolce. I mean, that was that was. Oh, like, other than Dolce? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so.
0: No? That's oh, weird. He's... I was there from uh, 2008 to 2010.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Did you hang out with all the adoptees?
0: Yeah, yeah. I hung out with a lot of adoptees. Went to, like, goal events and uh, went to Co-Root, especially for uh, Chusuck every year.
1: Mm. I don't know. You go to the goal Christmas parties? Yeah,
0: I went to. I went to two of those. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: Because I went to, I think all of those. I would hang
0: out with like day one and uh, yep. yeah, all the That's people.
1: Right. I don't know. Yeah, oh, maybe we cross paths. We must have so. crossed
0: paths at some point. Mm-hmm. So you've been there for ten years. How, how's that going?
1: Ten years, uh, great. I can't uh, complain. Um, Still most of doing my it. yeah adult years, I would say, has been here. Mm-hmm. So, um, is this part of the interview? Yeah. Of course oh, it oh, okay. is. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want, i want going to give you a quick history of. Sure. For some, okay. So, I was adopted when I was seven. Um, I, from? from from Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I moved to uh, Rochester, New York. And okay. uh, a year later, my parents adopted two more Korean kids. Uh, so, I have two brothers who are biological to each other. And then I went to school at Clarkson University, where I studied engineering and management. And then right after college, I worked for Otis Elevator. Have you heard of Otis Elevator?
0: I have, yeah. I think I've (laughs) seen them when I was in the elevator.
1: That's right. It's an up and down business. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Anyways, I worked there for about uh, three years. Okay. And then... uh, I was following the corporate path, and uh, you know, I was making pretty decent money. But I was in—actually, um, I was. Uh, Albany was my uh, <clears throat> my my headquarters. Okay. Or uh, my territory, Albany, New York, and it was just not the best city for a young Asian man. I would say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh Yeah, Albany
1: deep north. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Some interesting people there. Nice people. Nice people. Yeah. So, but not people, too much little, going on, right? For, for a young man. <laughs> hmm. So, anyways, um, I decided to come to Korea. Uh, I found this program for adoptees uh, at a university called Inje University. Uh huh. And there were f- thirteen other adoptees from around the world. For, like, and which so, countries
0: were uh, they from?
1: Denmark. No, 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 Netherlands, mm-hmm. um, France. I think there were a couple of people from there, and then the U.S.
0: How many from this, the U.S. were
1: there? Well, most there was most of them were from the U.S. Oh, yeah? yeah, at least half, if not more. But anyways, we got to um, have a Korean roommate. And so it was kind of like a language exchange mm-hmm. and they taught us Korean. We had Korean classes and cooking classes nice. and the whole thing, the whole program was like 400 bucks. That's not bad. And you got, yeah, you got room and board. Yeah. And, and like I said, that was the first time I learned that there were uh, like adoptees from all over the world.
0: Was that like one of your first adoptee experiences <clears throat> other than your brothers or uh,
1: did you grow up with yeah. camps or anything? No, I didn't go to any camps, but I had other adoptee friends in Rochester, but I didn't know that there were that many. That, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so India University is near Busan. Oh, okay, so, so
0: you're way down south.
1: Right, so we hung out in Busan um, a little bit, and then there were a couple times we came up to Seoul,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then hung out with all the adoptees through Gold, and so there were, I would say like 60 to 70 adoptees. 2004
0: and 2005.
1: Okay. And those were some fun parties and <laughs> cultural exchanges, you know. Yeah. And I can still remember being at a table and people were speaking English, um, Korean, French, Danish, and Dutch, but we all looked similar, you know, to yeah. each other.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: That's pretty, pretty cool. wild. So yeah. that was your
0: first kind of experience with the Korean diaspora all coming back together. That's um, right. In country. That's right.
1: Yep. And so <clears throat> at that point, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that I definitely made the right decision. Mm-hmm. And then after the program ended, Otis Elevator wanted to hire me back in my hometown. And I actually struggled trying to decide what to do next. Yeah. Do I stay with Otis, get my MBA, follow the corporate corporate path? Or do I go to Korea, where it's a little bit of an unknown? Mm-hmm. And after talking with family and friends, I decided to come back to Korea. And so I studied Korean.
0: Who helped you out with that decision?
1: You know, actually, it was... My parents were very open. They didn't push me. They just said... Think about it. We support you to do whatever. But I needed somebody to kind of push me. Yeah. So my neighbor, who's uh, my stockbroker, I told her about what I was doing. And she was like, Ben, I'll kick your ass if you don't go back. He said, you can um, start making money 10 years later and you'll be fine.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Because I was all worried about the financials and stuff. And I said, Mm -hmm. oh, thank you for helping me to make this decision. And so – I went into the office at Otis, and I looked at the general manager, and I was like, thanks for this offer, but I'm declining, (laughs) and his jaw dropped. (laughs) Like, sorry, but I got to go back.
0: Yeah, well, it's good that you had your own reasons to go. Mm -hmm. Now, you've been there for 10 years, so it sounds like you made uh, the right decision.
1: Yep. So, after about a year of studying Korean, I met a friend of mine through playing um, two-hand touch football, Mm -hmm. and he... Owned uh, an English academy, cool. And so yeah, and for longest time, he was trying to like recruit me to yeah. teach and work there. And I was like, I'm not gonna work for you. <laughs> but eventually, I, I taught like a summer class. <clears throat> realized that the organization of the company was actually really good. So then I started coming out a little bit more full time, and then I transitioned into a managerial role, and then a hiring. Role and then I was able to hire a lot of adoptees and other Korean Americans and it's awesome Americans and Canadians. So I've been doing that since 2006. 2007. So, so you met
0: him yeah. when you came to Korea.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was the plan before that? You were just gonna show up and say, uh, see what kind of job offers everybody had. Uh, like I said,
1: I came to just. When I decided to come back to Korea, yeah. I wanted to Korean and just experience the culture a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like a year, maybe two years. Yeah. But after like that first complete year, I started thinking a little bit more about work mm-hmm. in Korea. And then that opportunity presented itself and it's not actually, well, I guess it's business business. Um, but, you know, my, tra- my training is, like I said, a little bit more technical. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a new challenge. So I decided to go with it. And then I got to work with friends as well. Yeah. So um, it's been a good life. And then I was able to meet my wife uh, here in Korea as well. She's also an adoptee from Minnesota. I think you met her.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So and we just got married last year. And congratulations.
0: It sounds like there was a rash of weddings like all at the same time last that's year. That's
1: right. That's right. I think we went to eight or nine weddings last year.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of
1: weddings. Yep, yep. So that was a lot of uh, celebrating. No kidding. Uh, so that's basically my story up to now. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about all the different projects I'm working on now. I don't sure, know about Sure,
0: absolutely. Is. Yeah, what are you working on?
1: <clears throat> One of them is a fantasy story. Uh, for elementary school kids to middle school kids. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Since we have been teaching students at the elementary school level for so long, we've identified what kind of stories the kids really enjoy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so um, a couple of the teachers and coworkers of mine, we got together, and we brainstormed some ideas. And uh, four years later, we're pretty much at the final stage of this 200 page story that which is a is, long story <laughs> nice it, it's, a, it's a it's the first book in a series of five so it's it like took Game a of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> it's an epic yeah so I don't know if like we're going to make it to the next four but <laughs> I, I think now that we know the characters a little bit more it'll be a little bit easier to write yeah because, you know, trying to create the setting of a fantasy world, it's a little bit difficult. Yeah, I mean, four years per book, that's a, that's, that's a right. commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the main characters are adopted. That's so all, kind of like
0: all great heroes, just like all great heroes.
1: That's right. That's right. So it doesn't say in the story where they're adopted from, but they're Asian. Um, but they, uh, you know, I have, you know, parents or American, and then they get sucked into the fantasy world, of course, and they find out that they're actually from there, and Wow, that's uh, awesome. We have, yeah, Guardians there, and um, yeah, hopefully it's, it's fun, but uh, you know, we're amateur writers. Um, our head writer did most of the writing, but we're doing the editing.
0: <laughs> How many uh,
1: authors are on that? Well, technically one head writer, Mm -hmm. but there's, so I have three, two partners who uh, we helped to structure the story story and edit it and stuff like that. And then we hired another um, more professional editor Uh to really try to make it more professional. And then we also had an illustrator. Um, So we have some illustrations in the book as well so i hope people like it um but i'm being realistic that it's not going to be like a number one seller on the
2: well after sell. this podcast <laughs> it's gonna
1: <laughs> no reason to well, shooting through the roof legends of agria uh the first book's title is hearts on scales
0: that's awesome how do you spell agria a G R I A. Awesome. And where can you purchase this book?
1: You can purchase it, well, in the future uh, through Amazon and iTunes. And so we're going to have an e book as well as a physical book. Oh, nice. At bookstores. So, anyways, I'm not doing this interview to promote this book, but. No, that's uh, all right. Hey. Well, as <laughs> uh, adoptees who have kids. I want to read a story, you know, um, yeah. where the protagonists are adopted, mm-hmm. uh, face some challenges and adversities. I think it will be interesting.
0: And what is the uh, age demographic uh, for the book's target audience here?
1: Like I, like fifth grade through, you know, even ninth grade. I think it could be young adults. Yeah, cause it's it's pretty long, similar to I would say Harry Potter. Okay. Demographics. Well, but,
0: the the all the characters kind of grow up with the next books and everything like that as the kids get older.
1: That's correct, but not not like as much as like Harry Potter. <clears throat> They're not going
0: to graduate from
1: uh,
0: Hero School.
1: <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Probably all within I don't know six months or something.
0: Oh,
2: okay.
1: For them, uh, like I said, don't expect it to be like. Harry Potter, the way that's written. yeah, <laughs> It's uh, amateur <laughs> writing. But um, we're hoping that uh, people enjoy it.
0: Sure. So what are the other uh, five books going to be about?
1: Uh, the rest. So the first book is really basically learning about these characters. Yeah. And, and uh, following them. And then they enter this world of Agria finally. And that's book one. <laughs> so, and then <clears throat> the rest of the books. Uh, is what happens to them in this fantasy world. Okay. <clears throat> There's a lot of twists and turns and uh interesting fantasy characters. Like we have acid panthers, panthers that have acid coming out of their mouths and sounds extremely uh, precarious. Yep. Or says dragons is a fantasy nice. story. Yeah. So. All different types of uh dragons that appear and they all talk, of course. Yeah, like I said, you could probably finish this series and maybe even two books, but uh, we'll have to see.
0: No, nah, keep the money mill running. You got <laughs> you make as many books as possible, and then spin-off series.
1: Maybe, maybe, but you know, writing <laughs> it takes a long time.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. So that's a uh, one project. How many projects you got going right now?
1: Uh, I'm also into uh, real estate investing. Okay, in Korea. Uh, actually, perhaps. Um, we started investing in the US because I've always been interested in real estate investing after reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. What's that? Have you read that, that book? No, I haven't, I haven't even heard of it. Uh, he helps to um, financially educate people
0: okay.
1: and let them know what assets are and liabilities mm-hmm. through his eyes. And uh, the way he tells the story is uh, he has two dads, one biological and one that's like another dad from uh, his best friend's dad. His uh, real dad, biological dad, he went to school, got, went to college, and he's got this like great job and he's making enough money to survive. <clears throat> Whereas his friend's dad didn't go to college, but was an entrepreneur and knows how to make his money work for him and so his dad or his <laughs> friend's dad is super rich in Hawaii and so basically Kiyosaki is just trying to educate people on how to look at money and how to get yourself out of what he calls the rat race. Mm. So. I'm not trying to promote his book on this podcast either, but because of that, uh, before I moved to Korea, I <clears throat> I almost bought myself a a triplex uh, in Albany, so I would live in one unit and then rent out the two other ones sure. for passive income.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't do it because I decided that I wanted to come to Korea and I didn't want to worry about. Yeah, don't want to be a property manager halfway across the world. Right? Yeah. Uh, But then recently, um, my friend, the same friend who owns the uh, English Academy, uh, he started diving into real estate investing, Mm. and he knew that I was interested, so we started uh, working on it together. So long story short, we were able to buy a house in Jacksonville, Florida, without ever going to Florida, without ever looking at this house or stepping into it. So now you are property managing halfway across the world. (laughs) Well, we have partners on the ground. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. (laughs) They're taking care of all that. We hired a property manager. So we have that house rented out. Nice. Um, But we also started a Seoul real estate meetup group here in Seoul. And last year, we focused on uh, educating our members about investing in the U.S. So we brought on um, speakers. Are these for Koreans? Uh, Koreans and foreigners, here who are interested in uh, investing abroad. Mm. So we brought on some top-notch investors from the US. Um, biggerpockets.com is a real estate investment uh, website where you can learn a lot of information about investing. We brought out, like, we, we connected with a lot of those investors and then basically we would have seminars once a month and then help educate our members. This year, we're focusing more on investing in Korea. And our turnout actually is, I think, a larger demand for that. So at our last um, <clears throat> last meeting, we had around 40 people. And the speaker, he's a an urban development, I don't, don't want to say guru, but he has his own website, he reads all the newspapers, and he posts all the latest um, development in Seoul, as well as like transportation and where the new transportation is going to be, where all the new lines are going to be. And so we had a really great um, meeting. And and now, you know, because our meetups or whatever is is to help promote networking as well, I've met other like-minded investors and we will probably be investing in some type of property here. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
0: feel like the, so when I was in Seoul and I saw you at Dolce, I feel like Seoul, the area I was in, and uh, also Itaewon, it changed changed very subtly from what I remember, you know, five or six years ago. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like Seoul is always expanding outwards. That's right. They're always building new high-rises and... Uh, I was reading online a couple of years ago. I don't know if they ever got around to it building like those man made islands on the Han River. (laughs) That's right. Uh, All kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, it's probably, that that sounds like a pretty lucrative uh, business to get into out there in Seoul.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're not going to actually purchase these properties, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. There's all different types of strategies of kind of, well, actually, you heard of Airbnb. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that strategy I think is prime right now. Yeah. Um, The government at first uh, did not like Airbnb, was going to like shut it down here. Yeah. But then they realized that actually it's not that bad of a service and they want a little piece of the pie. Sure. They're changing regulations to allow (laughs) Airbnb and they'll come up. That's right. (laughs) So we're going to try that strategy and. Hopefully, it works out, and then uh, go from there. Nice. Mm. So what else are you working on over there? (laughs) Uh, Recently, I've been working on uh, fire systems. Um, Have you heard of KIDE fire equipment? No. If you look at your smoke detector in your house, it probably says KIDE. Okay. Okay. So, I've met um, a Korean friend of mine who's in the fire and gas and oil industry. Mm-hmm. And so, he was just telling me that he couldn't get a hold of Kide, um, the headquarters, because he wanted to import their products into Korea. And then I said, Oh, maybe I can try and help out. <clears throat> so, I contacted them, kept calling them, sending emails, and finally, I got through to the right people. And I was able to sell them on the idea that I'm able to uh, bring their equipment over to Korea and sell them to these very large construction companies here who do business all over the world, especially in the Middle East right now. So I kind of like shocked myself that I was able (laughs) to do that. And then they actually came to Korea. We had a meeting. I presented them uh, on the type of jobs that we could get. And really, I was in over my head you know but i just kept learning and kept going and uh now we're the uh, preferred distributor of Kida equipment in korea
0: holy crap <laughs> It's
1: crazy it determination crazy, yeah. determination uh, patience and then having a clear goal um i think helped to get that so now the next step is to learn a little bit more about um Fire detection and suppression systems. Wow, <laughs> which is not easy.
0: Well, it sounds like you have a, and it sounds like Otis uh, recognized this too. You have a pretty strong business acumen. You have like an eye to see opportunity, and then you mm-hmm. go for it. Like even if you don't know all the ins and outs of fire suppression systems, that's right. <laughs> it's like you saw the opportunity and you just kind of shot, that's for, them, right. shot for the moon. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, if people don't like look for the opportunities. You know, there's always opportunities out there, but if you're not looking for it, you're not gonna see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I don't. I'm not making like a ton of money on all this stuff, but hopefully it leads to Yet. something. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. And, uh, for sounds- me, I, don't, I yeah, my goal isn't to be like super super rich and whatever, but I want a lifestyle where I can spend more time with like family and friends and. Uh, now that I'm married and uh, thinking about our future. <clears throat> Is that the next step? Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out a way uh, where I can spend enough time, you know, with the family.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're you're certainly keeping yourself busy.
1: Yeah, a little <laughs> too busy <laughs> at times. But, uh, you know, um, it's been a learning experience and I've enjoyed the ride so far. And yeah. uh, we'll see. What happens in the next five, ten years? Maybe you can have me on the podcast again, and I'll tell you what's going on.
0: <laughs> well, I, ho- I certainly hope the podcast will be around in five years. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> which is so, I'm getting a steady listenership now, which is which is pretty solid. And well, as we rapidly approach the uh, also known as 20th anniversary uh, uh, over here in April, uh, I. I I'll probably be hopefully getting some more people like that were founding aka members and stuff like that. Okay. That'll be good. Cool. cool. Yeah, and uh, actually, so the episode that's going up uh, right before yours is posted is a uh, a new friend of mine who's a Peruvian adoptee. So I'm also trying cool. to expand out the audience,
1: cool, and cool. my guests and everything. So that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. What made you uh decide to have this uh this type of podcast?
0: Uh so actually, when I was living in Korea, I was just uh, talking to Annalisa, who was a uh, last guest about this, is that uh when I was living in Korea, one of my, my only uh I guess Western media outlets that was free. Mm. or podcasts because yeah uh, i didn't have a tv in uh in my house or anything like that and so other than like western movies that made it over but and, you know in korea it's like it's if it's a blockbuster movie it'll take like two seconds it'll be like same day right. release or something but if it's like a smaller movie like up for the oscars yeah. or something like that in the west mm-hmm. it won't come over there for like a year or two that's true so, that's true i have to wait for it to go on itunes and so uh keep up to date with the news and, and media and stuff like that, I would download podcasts. Nice. And then when I got back home, I was still listening to the podcast and I actually ended up having a pretty long commute back and forth mm-hmm. from work mm-hmm. and still do. So I would listen to all these audio podcasts uh, instead of purchasing audiobooks. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so when I ended <coughs> up moving back up here to New York... Um, I decided to get back involved with uh, Also Known As and everything like that, and I said, you know, it's probably not that difficult to, to set this up, and now yeah. that I have access to a lot of my old friends and network and everything like that, maybe I can uh, get some of them to share their experiences, because that's one of the things that I used to like to do in AKA and uh, other organizations, like the Speakers Bureaus and the Forums, mm-hmm. but unless you are actively going to those things either as an audience member or or a panelist or whatever mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot of access to adopt these stories right, right um especially orally so i think the impetus for me was to record not, like one-on-one interviews like we're doing now obviously and and i have been doing yeah. that way you kind of get an in-depth look at uh who a person is and not just you know, uh, not just their adoption stories, but hearing about them and what their interests are and what their projects are. So if they have like Mm -hmm. books that they're writing or (laughs) real estate things or whatever, (laughs) what kind of opportunities there are out there and you get to know, uh, the more three dimensional view of, of each person.
1: Right. I think it's a great idea. Thank you. I appreciate that. that. I think you'll be able to get a lot of people. I think,
0: I hope so. I'm, I'm happy that you, uh, decide to come on. I know, like, because when I was out in Korea visiting mm-hmm. uh, and, and met you, mm-hmm. um, I was just kind of formulating it. And I was still trying to get people to say that they would come on the show. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it's hard to explain, like, what the show is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, obviously, there are sensitivities and people are shy about sharing their stories and stuff like that about adoption. So um, some people are all about it. And some people are like, oh, when I explain it to me, like, I don't know if I'd like to do yeah. that.
1: A lot of people are fairly private, yeah. You know, but there are those who are open to sharing their stories, and um, I guess I'm I'm one of them. Yes,
0: <laughs> and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We can uh, back up for a minute. Sure. Uh, so you said you were adopted at the age of seven.
1: Yes. So, mm-hmm.
0: yep did did you uh, grow up in your formative years in and around Seoul or Busan or where where exactly in Korea were you from?
1: So I'm from Degu, which is East Daegu, a okay. uh, little countryside.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: actually have a lot of memories of growing up on our little dairy farm in this little village. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I was like maybe four and a half when I went to the orphanage. Basically, um, my parents at the time, I actually thought they were my biological parents, but I found out later in the States that... They were my adoptive parents or foster parents. Foster parents? Okay. Yeah, and I had no idea. But I I do remember having like a sister. Like my foster parents had like a biological daughter. Okay. And then I believe there was another one on the way. And I think it was just too many mouths to feed. Mm. So then, yeah, I remember being in the orphanage for about a year and a half, maybe two years. And then flying to the U.S. So I've actually met my foster family, and they treat me like a, a son. Like they came to our wedding reception party here in Korea. Oh, and that's great, yeah. Are they still in uh, Dongdaegu? They're still in Dongdaegu, um, close to the farm. I actually got to go back and check out the farm that I grew up at. Did it um, stoke some
0: memories and everything?
1: Yeah, definitely, because I, I, I was lucky because Daegu Stadium, like for the World Cup, mm-hmm. they renovated and redeveloped uh, the whole area right near my village. And the cutoff was right <clears throat> where like, our farm was. <laughs> so I got to see it. And uh, I went back, and uh, the owner of the farm, <clears throat> she remembered me. Oh, wow. <clears throat> as well as uh, some of her sons. They were like, uh the way they remember me is uh I'm the dark skinned boy. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> country boy. You know? Wow. This is kinda of funny. The farmer kids are calling you the country boy? I guess so. <clears throat> so uh yeah, but like I think this year that whole area is getting leveled because they're putting up new apartment complexes. Oh man. So yeah, it was it was cool to see, you know, where I played. There was a little stream right by the, the farm there that mm. I got to hang out in. Um but then uh going back to the foster family, they have there's five daughters. So I have like five foster sisters,
2: yeah.
1: Who all uh treat me like a an opa or an older brother. Yeah. Even though we're not biological, but they invite me to all their weddings and other events. And I used to actually go I used to go there all the time for the major holidays here in Korea, but
0: yeah
1: with timing and um you know, getting there is a little bit more difficult these days because everybody travels during Chusak. a lot. Do you drive uh, or do you take the train? Usually the train. Yeah. But like I said, to get tickets now, <clears throat> it's like pretty much impossible. Really? Mm-hmm. And if you drive, you know, instead of taking three hours, it'll take like 10 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've
0: been stuck in Chusak traffic. Have you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So uh, I try to visit them on like the non peak yeah it's probably a good idea here's oh. my cat hey, hey what's up buddy you want to be part of the interview
0: <laughs> if i if i had known i would have brought dylan down our our cat
1: oh you got a cat
2: nice oh yeah he's
0: a gray tabby actually it looks very similar nice yeah we got two cats
1: oh how old is that he's, guy he's six. it's oh, young guy He's telling me that it's time for breakfast. <laughs>
0: He's like, hey, yeah, Arza, uh, if it's time to eat, he'll like, and mm-hmm. we're laying down, he'll paw you in the
1: mouth. Yep, yep. <laughs> he used to do that to me while I was sleeping. They're pretty smart. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. what, what else? So what farm
0: life. And then, and then, so you go to Rochester? Yes. Assume you mm-hmm. come in through uh, JFK, is that where you flew into? I did, yep. Yeah, that's where I flew into.
1: Yeah, um... I actually remember the flight like uh, uh, long flight. I from, yeah I came from the orphanage to I think it's Eastern Child Welfare and they uh, cut my hair and cleaned me up and gave me some nice clothes and then uh, on the plane there were these Korean ajumas who took care of us <clears> There's <throat> was mostly babies and then there were two kids like me and another like maybe six year old or so yes. but uh Apparently, I don't know if this is true, but Jimmy Carter might have been on that flight. Oh, really? Yeah. And when my parents told me that, I was like, oh, I remember this older white guy gave me an orange. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually him or not, but... It could it be President Jimmy like, Carter? I would like to say I was greeted by Jimmy Carter on my way to America. <laughs> hey, not everybody gets a
0: presidential welcome to the US. I, oh, right? <clears throat> <laughs>
1: So then, yeah, I remember uh, meeting my parents and flying to Rochester from JFK. And uh, yeah, the rest is history, I guess.
0: How was uh, growing up in Rochester?
1: Um, actually, we lived right in the city. Oh, and yeah. So my parents believed in the public school system, and there was actually a lot of diversity. And uh, for high school, well, middle school, and high school, I went to a magnet school called School of the Arts because I was interested in visual arts and stuff like that. Cool. So we had, really, you know, a lot of friends, um, and then it was a complete change when I went to college. Oh yeah, it was like engineering-based school, private school, and it was mostly guys. Eighty percent were boys or yeah, yeah. You know, guys, and uh, most of them were country guys. Really? I don't how to say country guys. Wh- which school
0: did you end up going to for engineering?
1: Clarkson. Clarkson University. Where's a little that? bit north. North of Syracuse.
0: Okay. North of Syracuse. So That's right. That, that so is near north.
1: The, near the border of Canada. <clears throat> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this is definitely a different experience coming from like an art school with a lot of diversity.
0: Yeah.
1: And a private engineering school uh, where there wasn't much diversity. In mm. fact, on my freshman floor, there's 150 guys. There was me, one Asian, and one Hispanic guy. Wow. The rest white and there was one guy he had this gigantic confederate flag hanging on the really wall. on the yep. border of canada yeah i was like oh <laughs> my god what where am i <clears throat> but uh it's actually a good story because i got to become friends with him oh, and yeah? uh yeah we got pretty tight and then uh he took down his confederate flag because of me you changed his heart i guess i did
0: that's not uh, an easy thing
1: to do. No, but you get alcohol and you play <laughs> sports together, and <laughs> that's either going to be the great uniter or the great divider. Yeah, I know, both I know, of those right? things. Although, actually, you know, he had it because of uh, this TV show, Dukes of Hazard. Have you heard of that? <laughs>
0: yeah, he had it because of the Dukes of Hazard.
1: Yeah, and, and but I was like, man, that play has a lot of implications. You know, we talked about it. Where was he from? Somewhere in the countryside of somewhere in new york you know new york is a lot of
0: yeah yeah but even in even in new york though it's like if you're a country boy it's going to be a country boy in like georgia or (laughs) somewhere where the confederate flag like means something
1: yeah right exactly so i mean he's he's young so he just liked it because of the show i think so i think so but i don't know like i said there are some interesting people i went to school with yeah,
0: no kidding. Okay. I guess that, that must have been uh, quite a change. I mean, even mindset of the like the philosophy of an art school versus an engineering right. school.
1: See, I didn't want to be a starving artist, so I decided to take the scholarship from Clarkson and then uh, go there and become like a technical sales rep. So that was an interesting. Four years.
0: No kidding. So then but, after yeah. that, you uh, moved to Albany and worked for Otis.
1: Yep. So actually, right after that, I went to Buffalo as a trainee for Otis, and then a position opened up in Albany. And then I got my first account management position there. And then after a couple of years, I did pretty well and moved up into new equipment sales. So I was um, working with architects and contractors and uh, looking at all these designs of buildings and quoting elevator systems and escalators and Actually, I really enjoyed that job. So if I went back to it, I think I would enjoy it. Nice. But I don't know if that's going to happen with all this other stuff that's happening right now. Yeah,
0: just keeping busy out there. So with all that happening, how long are you planning to stay out in Korea? It sounds like you're going to stay out there a long time.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting you say that because my wife and I, we don't really want to raise kids here in Korea. Oh, yeah? The education system is just a little too... Stressful. Um, so, we have to seriously start thinking about um, going back. We're not going to be here forever. And so, I don't know when we'll be going back, but I would say sooner rather than later. Yeah. And then the next part is like, if we do move back, like, where are we going to land? You know? Sure. So, yeah. You're going to come back so, to
0: New York? Where she? So, she's from Minnesota.
1: It's from Minnesota. Yep. And uh, I think ideally for her, she would like to be in Minneapolis. Was so actually a pretty nice Is She city. from
0: the Twin Cities area?
1: Yep. She I like, is. I love
0: the Twin Cities actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are I, you from here? Uh no, uh my wife is also from Minneapolis. Well, she's uh, she's technically okay. from Shakopee, which is you'll never you'll probably never oh, go to
1: Shakopee. No. But Yeah, my wife's from uh, Northfield.
0: Yeah, I don't know where that is. But yeah, Minnesota, Minneapolis and and St. Paul are very nice. Yeah. I enjoy
1: very much. uh, When I came back from Korea that first time before deciding to come back to Seoul, Mm -hmm. I did an East Coast drive from Rochester to New York City, all the way down to South Carolina, through Louisiana to Texas, and then went all the way up north to like Chicago, and then to Minneapolis, and then came back. And I would say that was one of the highlights of my life. No kidding. Yeah, so I got to see family and friends on that drive, and I got to see real, like, I don't know how big America really is, yeah, and how different people are in the cities. And that's only like half of the country. That's right. So eventually, I want to do the same thing on the West Coast, yeah, do that But I think it'll take longer because there's it's it's a a lot of land (laughs) figure out there. But (laughs) so I had a fantasy of uh, buying an RV. Putting our cats in there and driving around for a couple months.
2: <laughs> yeah, why not?
1: My wife doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't she like doesn't, that idea. Yeah, not too much. <laughs> not into it. You know, I'll just do it myself.
0: <laughs> I used to have a boss. Uh, his dream was to retire, uh, buy an RV, and he was going to map out all like the college football games that he wanted to go through this <laughs> season and visit them like across the country. I was like, yeah, I'm not into college football, but that's not a bad plan.
1: Yeah. That's, that's like pretty. Yet. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Have you ever done anything like
0: that? Uh no. I mean, we did a uh, couple of road trips, but you know, it's, it's in my okay. Volkswagen Jetta. It was, certainly wasn't an yeah. RV. But, yeah, no, we I had were my... living in North Carolina. We went down to Florida, did a New okay. Orleans, Atlanta, okay. Asheville, and then back home. It's a pretty good trip. It wasn't bad. You know, it was a good week. It was. Yeah. How long did your trip take? That's sounds like weeks. months.
1: Three weeks and uh, 60 hours of total driving, I think. Yeah, it's a good amount of time in the vehicle. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all the cities in the north, they were a little bit more like industrial and yeah. older looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the cities in the south, there's like brand new architecture and just look way more modern and people seemed happier. I don't know if it was the weather because this is during wintertime. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But then when I came up to Minnesota, uh Minneapolis so you know St Paul mm-hmm. looks similar to all the northern cities that I kind of used to yeah and then there's Minneapolis and I was like oh this city and the architecture and everything looks similar to the the southern cities mm. so I was pretty impressed actually with that and then I found out that Target and Best Buy and 3M they they there's like a lot of hardcore. Fortune 5 companies out there that's right yeah, and yeah. people seem pretty happy there but you know, I hate cold wind and snow.
0: Then you will love Minnesota for <laughs> a grand total of two months.
1: Uh, man. <laughs> so I got a, like a timeshare or something in California, or yeah. Well, or if you had
0: was, uh, if we had talked earlier, uh, my wife's aunt and uncle were just sold their uh, condo in Florida oh. that they would spend half of the time in. They would really? snowbird it down in Florida. Yeah. But now right. I guess they have a new grandchild, and and uh, the aunt said, "Nope, we're selling this, and we're moving to Minnesota immediately
1: yeah. that that makes sense, yeah,
0: yeah. everybody was like, "No, do not get rid of that condo." It was like right on the beach. It was oh, perfect. That was, that was oh yeah, it. it was the greatest location
1: so in Florida
0: in uh yeah, it was in Indian Rocks Beach, which is close to Tampa.
1: okay, and so yeah. they
0: lived like uh very close to where everybody does like spring training and everything, baseball, spring training. Oh, man. Yeah, it was it was a pretty have sweet location. There?
1: Have you been there?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been down there yeah. two, three times now. It's nice. It's pretty nice. nice. It's pretty nice. But I don't think we're going back anytime soon since <laughs> now we have to, like, pay for it.
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, so do you, do you have kids? I
0: have no kids. We have two dogs and a cat. We used to have two cats, but the one, uh, she got old and uh, you know, we, oh. had to,
1: yeah,
0: we had to put her down. She was a good cat, but she was, like, 16. So
1: Oh, wow. Good yeah, rest lady. in peace,
0: Charlie. She, was a, good, she yeah, was a good cat.
1: Rest in peace, Charlie. <laughs> you know cats sleep two-thirds of their lives or something like
0: that? Uh, Yeah, I heard that. I think dogs actually so, sleep longer. And when I look at my dogs,
1: really?
2: I, don't,
0: I don't know. I so, don't know if it's just because they're, they're by the cat all the time, but it seems like they're sleeping <laughs> all the time.
1: Yeah, so my cat, Max, he's six, but he's only been awake for two years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Isn't that funny? <laughs>
0: Only when he wants you to feed him.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much how it goes.
0: All right, man. Well uh yeah. do you have I other questions he's... for me or uh do you uh, do you wanna tell any more stories?
1: Uh, I got lots of stories, but you know, like I said I was out a little bit late last night, so it's not on I know,
0: I don't wanna keep you up. It seems like you need like probably take a nap or something. I've been there, man. <laughs> Those late it's Korean
1: not, nights. Not too bad. Well yeah, so the last
0: time I was there, uh I was like, I better I better hit the sack. We're leaving like I think we were leaving like the next day or something like that and I was like, I gotta wake up pretty early. <laughs> yeah. And uh Christina was like she texted me, she's like, Oh, you should have stayed out all night. We were up till like four AM and I was like,
1: Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I totally would if I didn't have a fourteen hour flight ahead of me.
1: Yep, 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 yep. I did I made that mistake one time and yeah. uh it was Not a fun trip. It's rough. It's real rough. And there's like always
0: a kid nearby crying the entire time and it's miserable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think next time I need to invest in some noise canceling headphones or something. I have
1: some of those and they're awesome. I bet. So anybody
0: making the trip over to Korea this summer for the gathering, uh, invest in some noise canceling headphones.
1: Are you going to come to that?
0: I don't know if I'm going to (coughs) make it. Uh, We'll see what happens. I I assume Mm -hmm. you're going, right? Because it's right there.
1: You know, it's funny. Like, uh, I actually haven't really attended a gathering. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I've been part of some of some of the sessions because mm-hmm. um, I used to help CoRoot uh, and Pastor Kim with his uh, business seminars. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. And so there were a couple of gatherings where we presented. Like, we brought like uh, headhunters and stuff like that. To, oh, cool help adoptees um, learn about what kind of jobs they could get mm-hmm. other than teaching English and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But actually we, the last one, they allowed uh, adoptees who are living here um, just the weekend pass or something like that. So we got to attend the fancy Samsung dinner and oh, nice other events and got to see everyone. So I'll probably do that, but yeah, well, not the whole thing.
0: Hey, that sounds like the experience to me. Yeah, I know very few people who do like the whole thing, you know. Yeah, maybe like the first (laughs) time, and then then they're totally spent because you know all like the real adoption related events are like in the morning or during the day, right? And then everybody else just wants to socialize at night, and you so you end up being up till four a.m.
1: That's right, right?
0: And then the day supposed to start at like eight.
1: Yep, yep. I don't think many people uh, attend those early morning no uh, no events or whatever, but.
0: Yeah, so that was kind of the thing is that my wife and I have talked about it and it's just like we've we've done the gatherings before and it's like how much are we gonna get out of it if we mm. if we go right, right all right. the way to Korea to do it. That's right, like, yeah. we kinda of past the
1: prime of staying up all night and doing that stuff. Yeah like I one tot- night. <laughs> totally hear you. Totally hear you. But uh for younger yeah. adoptees who yeah. haven't been to Korea, I think it's a great experience Absolutely. To- meet other adoptees and hear about their stories and Mm -hmm. it's great that you have the podcast and hopefully other adoptees can listen to it and and know that they can make a pretty decent living here in korea yeah if they want to um it's not as scary as most people think but Mm -hmm. korea is a very modern country yeah and yes there's north korea that's crazy but um I South like Koreans you get used like, to that in the first month. Exactly. It, South Koreans are like, yeah, we've been, you know, uh, yeah. what do you call it, this saber rattling or whatever. Yeah. It's been yeah. happening for 60 years.
2: Yeah. It's so the Koreans day. aren't
1: aren't scared. And even yeah. my parents, uh, they're not scared of it anymore, but they used to. Yeah. Yeah. They used to call me and be like, what's going on in North Korea? You need to get home. I'm like, no, it's fine. They're just doing that to
0: get more money or... Yeah. The first month... It. I was there they had tested a nuke. Yep. And then the last <laughs> month I was there. And then it was like just it was you know, that then you realize that's like all the time. It's like there's that's there's right. always something that they're doing. That's right. If you're shelling an island or doing whatever.
1: And it's usually right before the joint US Korea Korean drills. Which is all where, the time. Yeah. I don't know. Korea's modern modern place. Seoul is awesome. There's a lot of other places here. Uh, people come. Uh, monsoon season is mid July. So it could rain for like two, three weeks straight. Yeah. So I don't know about coming here in July. And August is just brutal with the humidity. But that's when the gathering is. So it's, enjoy. <laughs> I know. But uh, other than that, you know, September, October, May, June, great time to yeah. come.
0: Well, you can always try to stay cool with uh, soju, which is cheaper than water.
1: That's true. Or makali. Mockery, Yeah. Yep. Put yep. like macaulay and all the pancakes, cream pancakes. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're supposed to do when it's raining, apparently. mockery and pancakes? Yep. Jimmy I have never it. done that. done?
0: Really? Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. I'll have to try that. So when it's raining?
1: Yep. Well, <laughs> well
0: spring is coming up here, and uh, I think I'm going to have to try that out uh, when you it starts should. raining season.
1: Yeah. So are you in New York? New uh, York City?
0: I'm a little bit north of New York City. I'm about like a... Flushing, or like thirty minutes north of New York City. No, okay. I still consider Flushing part of the city, even though it's kind of way out there.
1: Uh, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: so if uh, if if you're surround, if you know the area, I'm kind of like uh, I'm like ten, fifteen minutes from the Tappan Zee Bridge. Okay, and then yep. like twenty minutes, thirty minutes from the George Washington Bridge.
1: Well, that's not bad at all. You're pretty close, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like close enough for me.
1: Yeah. Do you get into the city often?
0: Yeah, we just uh, we went in last night and came back today. We, cool. We go quite a
1: bit. Quite a yeah. bit. Korea Town or?
0: Yeah, well, we do K-Town. Uh, today we were uh, kind of down in the village area. Uh, where else? Actually, lately. So, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Palisades Park in Fort Lee in New Jersey?
1: Uh, I think I've heard of them.
0: So, they're basically uh, mini Korea. Like, those two towns. And we went to dinner last weekend in Palisades Park. Uh And uh, we went to this Korean restaurant. And it was basically, like, being in Seoul. Oh, (laughs) cool. We looked out and we were like, we're in Korea right now. (laughs) We had the table grill going. Nice. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was like none of the waiters or waitresses spoke English. It was, like, all Mm -hmm. Korean. Mm -hmm. They had the cha. It was insane.
1: Uh do they have the Norebangs singing? Oh, blues? yeah.
0: There's a ton of Norebangs there. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you might as well be in, in Seoul. Yeah, yeah. Well, you live in a great spot, I think. It's not bad.
1: It's not bad. New yeah, York City is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. We're we're uh, living it up as much as we can over here. Yeah. So uh, if you ever come over to New York, uh, we'll definitely have to hook you up.
1: Yeah. I will. Because um, my dad still lives in Rochester. So right. I try to get there once in a while. So. Yeah.
0: That'll be good next time you're uh, around the city.
1: Yeah, we'll have to to hook you up. Yep, sounds good.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks for the interview. Uh, Yeah, my brain
1: is starting to starting to melt melt a little bit.
0: (laughs) 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 We'll uh, feed your cats and then uh, yeah,
1: will and then take a nap. I think that'll
0: be a good plan.
1: That's gonna be my plan. But uh, (laughs) good talking with you, Mike. And um, good luck with the other podcasts and. I'll try to talk to some of my other friends if they're interested yeah. and let you know.
0: Well, tell them to listen in. They can listen to this show. They can listen to all the past episodes. They're all on uh, iTunes and on Android and online and stuff like that. Now, is the show called The
1: Rambler? Or
0: Yep. It's called The Rambler uh, with Mike McDonald. Got so it. Just
1: search it. Cool. I'll all try right. to download some.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, good luck with all of your various projects that you're working I on. You sound like a guy
1: see what happens
0: all right well can uh, are you on twitter or facebook or anything people can follow you somewhere uh,
1: i'm on facebook uh, i actually don't use it too much but um and i have twitter but i don't use that at all either so
0: working uh if if new adoptees are coming into country and they need advice yeah. on a uh, business or how to get work in the yeah. country or whatever how, how can what's what's your uh, best avenue for them
1: uh i would say facebook just all look right. up Benjamin Hauser, H-A-U-S-E-R, um, should be able to find me. All right.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> and they can get a, get a job at the Hogwan.
1: Hey, you never know. That's yeah, right. Possible. <laughs> All right. Thanks well, nice
0: for coming on the show. Have a good Sunday. Yep.
1: Have a good night. Yep. See ya. Bye.
0: Right, that's it. That's the interview with uh, Ben Hauser. You know, like that? He's a nice guy. Got a lot going on. Really busy. I can't even believe he had the time to sit down and talk to me. Plus, you know, he's a newly married guy. He's He's got a lot going on. Plus, he's staying out all night, partying it up. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I can't hang like that anymore. I don't know. I'm, I, mean, I guess I'm just getting older. I'm just getting older. Plus, you know, when I go out now, it's the Carnegie Hall, the dope stare at Korean women cacao talking all night on their cell phones, even though before the show it says, don't, don't do that. I mean, not specifically that, but it says turn off your cell phone. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even go to the movies and do that. If you see that, this is why I need to go to Alamo Drafthouse. Shout out to Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, I think there's a one in Yonkers now. I'm probably going to start frequenting because it's going to bring my blood pressure down in terms of my movie going experience. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Uh, today's, uh, music t- is provided by the bell at Needle Drop Records, as well as a collective effort over there in Seoul, Korea. I heard, I read on Facebook today, just today, that they're doing a farewell, 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 oh my god, farewell concert at HQ in Haibang-chan, Haibang, chan haibang Haibang yes. And uh, they will have event artwork with Nikki Webster, and a lineup with rap, soul, R&B, and pop, acoustic, and indie rock from, uh, Lima Limon I think I'm saying that correctly Bobby Kim Tim Gilmore And of course A Collective Effort It's their last full set in Korea And apparently they have new songs So you should totally go There's no cover And it is at uh, HQ In Haibangchan And uh, it's this Thursday March 10th At 8pm So if you're in Seoul, Korea You should definitely go check that out Because they provided some uh, great music uh, For this show and you should support them The wave looks cool too A lot of cool stuff going on over there kind of jealous So check it out Go check out that show uh, And we'll, we'll even play an extra collective effort song here at the end for you Just to get you in the mood for that Alright? Okay, well, listen I hope you guys have a great week You know, stay, maintain your cool if you, if you start freaking out At any point during the week Just think of delicious, delicious roast pork sandwiches That's what I'm going to be doing Thinking about that Delicious roast pork sandwiches. That's how I maintain my zen-like state around the week. Mm. Oh, speaking of ohms, uh, watch Zondia's Super Team. I think it's like 3 or $4 on iTunes. It's really cool. Plus, I you know, father and son uh, storylines always get me going. Gets dusty for some reason. I almost forgot I wanted to read another uh, very nice Facebook message that I received from Rebecca in New York. She says... Hi, Mike. Just wanted to let you know that I listened to your Rambler podcast today with Jen Kim. That's a great episode, by the way. I love the conversations that you have. I'm going to listen to the others as well. I listened to the one with Danny Mayori the other day. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you, Rebecca, and thank you for writing in. If you want to get in touch with me and uh, write in and give me some support and tell me that I'm doing an okay job and that you like the show, you can always email me at therambleradhd at gmail.com. You can tweet me on my Twitter account at therambleradhd. Or you can Facebook message me and find me on Facebook and like my page at uh, Facebook.com slash ADHD. And uh, if you like me, then leave a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Have a great week. Here's another song from a collective effort. Join us next week when we talk to Rachel Park. She's amazing. That's going to be a great episode. Had a great conversation. All right. See you. Have a good week. Enjoy.
2: Over my hands on your shoulder, the weather is changing, the air's getting colder. And into a moment when I've lost my focus to articulate what I felt when I wrote this, so casually distant, but I'll stay persistent. The words that I etched down, I guess that you missed it. I'll invite you to dinner and. I'll cross my fingers In acquaintance at best You'll stay and you'll linger And you were so seemingly unsociable And to you I was unnoticeable So I'll stand in the corner And divert my gaze That's how we began a days That's how we would stay a measure of courage and I felt discouraged the bound maintained they flickered and flourished and into the evening the beautiful scenery the past that we walked on we found subtle meaning a collection of knickknacks so cleverly mismatched we built them together we'll smile when we look back the timing was perfect Rehearsed it. We both played our parts and I know it was worth it And you were so seemingly unsociable And to you I was unnoticeable So I'll stand in the corner and divert my gaze That's how we began our days That's how we end And every time that I tried to talk to you You were occupied with something else to do Over and over you guarded your heart And I would slowly fall apart That's how we would start